When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Beyond the Pearls podcast, based on the Morning Report series from Elsevier. This podcast has been adapted for audio in collaboration with series editor Dr. Raj Dasgupta, as well as the volume editor for each book. Each episode features an in-depth case dissection format and aims to deliver practical, concise, and easy-to-digest information. And now, here's today's episode. So I want to make sure we get some more in there. Um, so we have a 23-year-old woman is evaluated in the ED for generalized weakness and lightheadedness for four hours duration. She had no previous contact with the healthcare system and takes no meds. On exam, her blood pressure is 120 over 80 supine, sitting it's 105 over 70. Um, so maybe a little orthostatic. Heart rate is 95 supine, increases to 108 upon standing. BMI is 26, skin turgor is poor, and there are multiple dental caries are present. There is no JVD, cardiac exam reveals a regular rhythm with no murmurs. Lung exam is clear, bowel sounds are hyperactive, and the abdomen is soft, non-tender, and non-distended. Uh-oh, I'm not worried about the serum electrolytes here. I'm worried about what? <laughs> More urine electrolytes. So where's the answer going to be? Probably in the urine. So let's look at the, the serum electrolytes. We have a normal sodium. Boy, that potassium is low. Um, chloride is normal. And look at the bicarb. The last question, the patient had a low bicarb. That was a metabolic acidosis. So now we have an elevated bicarb. So you know what I wanted to do for everyone? I want to talk about the complete opposite, which is a metabolic alkalosis. And then we have a bunch of urine electrolytes here. We have a sodium. I put that on, on the higher side. Potassium is high. And the chloride is low when the urine pH is 7.0. So gave the values of whether they're high or low when we talk about the urine electrolytes. So with that being said, what is the question? Which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's hypokalemia? All right. So we got some choices here. Let's kind of go through these together. Um, Barter syndrome. I know our last one was Gittleman's. So Barter syndrome is kind of like being on continuous loop diuretic. And if you're on continuous loop diuretic, well, trust me, you're going to get a metabolic, yeah, alkalosis. So not a bad, you know, answer here. And I think Barter syndrome works on the loop, just like Lasix, the ascending thick limb of the loop of Henley. And I remember that Lasix furosemide works on what? The sodium potassium chloride pump. So you will be dumping out lots of potassium. So I don't know, maybe. Um, could it be diarrhea? Well, not really. If you're having lots of diarrhea, you have a metabolic acidosis. So that really wouldn't fit with the bicarb being 36. Um, RTA, once again, you know what I mean? Uh, it's a acidosis in choice C. This patient's alkalemic or vomiting, you know? So if you're having a lot of vomiting, sure, you definitely can develop a metabolic alkalosis, but which one of these is gonna be the correct answer? So I look at here and you know what? It's gonna be the deal breaker. It's gonna be the what? 
Yeah, it's going to be the urine electrolytes. And when someone comes in and they have a metabolic alkalosis, there are two urine electrolytes that really help you decide what the right answer is clinically and on board exams. And that's going to be the urine sodium and the urine chloride, urine sodium and the urine chloride. So when we talk about, you know, a patient like this, well, it looks like the urine sodium is going to be high and it looks like the urine chloride is going to be low. So which one of these is gonna fit that? Is it gonna be the Barter syndrome or is it gonna be someone who's having lots of vomiting? Hmm, so I mean, I really wish we could just yell out what the right answer is gonna be. So if someone's going to be vomiting, you know, what do you think the urine sodium is gonna be? And I already kind of predicted I think many of you are typing in and screaming and yelling, urine sodium is gonna be low because the patient's dehydrated and they need to retain that sodium. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I definitely hear you out there, but in acute vomiting, especially within the first, you know, you know, one to two days, urine sodium is actually gonna be on the higher side. Go figure. And we'll talk about that in one second. And the urine chloride is going to be low, but we already said if you have a barter syndrome, you're dumping chloride all the time because what's the pump that's going to be damaging? The sodium potassium chloride pump. So by default, the answer has to be what? Vomiting. Then you look at multiple dental caries and all these things put in there. So it really does fit that clinically. So why did I put this question here is because on your board exams, critical care boards, what are they going to try to sneak in? Number one, a non-GAP metabolic acidosis. Number two, a metabolic alkalosis. So I really wanted to spend some time in how do you work up a metabolic alkalosis for the board exams. So when we talk about a metabolic alkalosis, um, a couple of things jump to mind. Well, I want to organize my thought process and put them into categories. So I really look at three things. I know it says two. One is going to be blood pressure. Two says extracellular volume status. But remember, our extracellular volume is going to include two things. Number one, it's the intravascular volume. And the other one is going to be the volume in the third space. So third space and intravascular together make up extracellular. So I'm really looking at three things here. So when we do the workup for metabolic alkalosis, I look at these three things and I put them into three categories. Number one is going to be individuals that have a low intravascular volume. So inside the vessel, it's kind of low. But when you do a physical exam, they have increased volume in the third space. So they could be edematous, you mean lower extremity edema. So anytime you have edema, you know, fluid in the third space, well, the main problem is it's got to be a hydrostatic problem or an oncotic problem. And really three organs jump to mind when I think about this. Could it be the heart, like CHF? Could they be a cirrhotic or nephrotic? That's how you get volume in the third space through hydrostatic and oncotic problems. And when you look at these patients' blood pressure, it tends to be on the normal to lower side. So when I think about that constellation of findings, what really jumps to mind well, I mentioned it to you already, heart, liver, and the kidney, nephrotic, cirrhotic, CHF. And <clears throat> when we talk about, you know, 
someone, why would someone with really, really bad, and let's use the most common thing on your boards, CHF, get a metabolic alkalosis, you can imagine, depending on how bad that left ventricle is, how bad that cardiac output is, how low that EF is, that, you know, all that fluid's going to be where? In the third space, they're going to be intravascularly what? Deplete. They're almost, you know, as if they're like, you know, dehydrated. So what's going to happen is that when um it because they're so contracted is that they're going to rev up because of the decreased volume going to the kidney they're going to activate an enzyme called renin that activates angiotensin 1 to angiotensin 2 that eventually activates what aldosterone and when we talk about aldosterone what does aldosterone do sure it can bring back some sodium don't get me wrong but it really dumps out two things what two things can you dump out number one potassium number two hydrogen ion when you start dumping out hydrogen ion you develop a what metabolic alkalosis and really when do we notice this everyone someone comes in on the boards they have chf and of course what do you want to do reduce the preload how do you reduce the preload you give them what loop diuretics and uh-oh remember all their volumes where to begin with third space so now when you give loop diuretic as you should you're really contracting the vessel you're really revving up that renin angiotensin system and really the next day when you check the serum bicarb it may go from a bicarb of 24 up to 31 because you develop that contraction alkalosis so if you want to confirm this you can check your urine sodium your urine chloride and remember not when you're actively giving lasix but what's going to happen in the aftermath is that it's almost like they're just dehydrated so urine sodium is going to be low because the body wants to retain that sodium. And remember, sodium can't come back to the body by itself. It wants to come back neutral. Who does it bring back? Chloride. So low urine sodium, low urine chloride. Now, the second category is intravascular volume is going to be low. There's a normal third space. So no problem with hydrostatic or oncotic pressures, but the blood pressure is on the normal to the lower side. So what really jumps to mind here are two types of clinical categories. Number one, that it could be someone who's what? Vomiting. That was this question over here. Or it could be someone who has one of these rare syndromes, that Barter or Gittleman syndrome. And that's why I put this question here. This is a classic question you will get in your board exams because it's a little tricky to figure out what is the cause and what is the etiology. So when we talk about someone who's vomiting, what are we going to check? Urine sodium and urine chloride. So why was the urine sodium going to be on the higher side when we talk about vomiting? That's what everyone wants me to talk about. <clears throat> and the answer is, is that because you're vomiting and you have a metabolic what? Alkalosis, that's where we start up here, that the most important thing is your body, your kidney wants to address the metabolic alkalosis. It wants to bring the pH what? down. How does it do that? Well, there's a very, very special pump in the proximal tubule. And what is this pump? It's the going to be the sodium hydrogen pump. Sodium hydrogen pump. They're both positive charges, so they can't go the same way. They're going to go opposite ways. So what happens when you have a metabolic alkalosis? You retain the sodium. So sodium stays in, which makes sense. And you dump out the the uh, you bring back the hydrogen ion, excuse me, you bring back the hydrogen ion, and you dump out what the sodium, the sodium gets dumped out into the tubule. And 
that positively charged sodium wants to bind, guess with who? Bicarb, because it's, it's negative. And if you have a metabolic alkalosis, do you want to dump out bicarb in the urine? Definitely. And because of that sodium hydrogen pump and you're retaining the, so the hydrogen ion and you're dumping out the sodium, the urine sodium is going to be what? High. That's right. And that's where that very high urine sodium comes from. And this happens acutely. This happens acutely. We're not talking about chronic vomiting for weeks and weeks. We're talking about the first few days. But remember, why is the urine chloride going to be low? Is that overall, I mean, you're definitely volume down. You're volume down. So even though you want to bring back some, some sodium, you're still dumping a lot of sodium in there. But when you bring back whatever sodium you can, guess who comes back with it? Chloride. So the chloride in the urine is going to be what? Low. And that's where the low urine chloride came from. So this is going to be a classic question on your board exams versus when we talk about these rare things like Barters and Gittleman's, number one, that's never a good answer on the board. Number two, that I mentioned that Gittleman's is like beyond thiazides. Thiazides work on the sodium chloride pump. So you're dumping out sodium and chloride. They're both going to be high in the urine. Um, Barters is like being on Lasix. So it's going to have working on the sodium chloride and potassium pump. So in the urine, high sodium, high chloride, and high potassium. Good. And last but not least, I'm just going to kind of just to be complete, you know, someone comes in, their intravascular volume is normal, maybe slightly high, normal to high, normal to high. Third space is totally normal, but what's going to be the big deal breaker is the blood pressure. And you could circle this a bunch of times. They're going to have a super, super duper high blood pressure. And what do they have? Metabolic alkalosis. So if you kind of have this phenotype, um, what's going to be the differential? Well, from a medicine standpoint, it's going to be someone has a con syndrome. You know, con syndrome is not common. <laughs> and when we talk about con syndrome, it's going to be, you know, an adrenal tumor just cranking out lots of aldosterone. And of course, you could check urine sodium and chloride. Why is the urine sodium going to be high? Once again, what does this patient have? Metabolic alkalosis. What is the proximal tube going to do? It's going to want to retain the what? Hydrogen. Hydrogen is what? Positive. It kicks out the what? Sodium into the tubule. Sodium will be high in the urine. Why is the urine chloride going to be high in this case? Well, what did I just say earlier is that because you're secreting lots of aldosterone, aldosterone does what? It makes you dump out hydrogen and potassium in the urine. Both of those have what? Positive charges. So who's going to bind to the positive hydrogen ion and positive potassium? You got it. Chloride. So the urine chloride is also going to be high. So once again, I really spent a lot of time on this because I just know it's high yield for the boards. So I put this here because what was my bottom line point is that quite commonly when we talk about critical care boards, we always say, well, what's their volume status? Are they volume up, volume down? And one of the things that we always look at is urine sodium, right? And urine sodium for the most part is a good marker of intravascular volume, you know? The only time urine sodium is not helpful to determine intravascular volume if you have a what? Metabolic alkalosis. And why is it not gonna be helpful? Because of that pesky pump. <laughs> what is that pump again? the sodium hydrogen pump because when you have a metabolic alkalosis what do you want to do initially dump out the sodium so what do we use instead as a surrogate marker for volume status in the setting of a metabolic alkalosis urine what 
chloride. And that is the take-home message. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Pearls podcast from Inside the Boards. This podcast is executive produced by Christopher Brightigan and Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Ars longa, vita brevis.